I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things About Podcast. You're listening to episode 117. Today's thought from above is this. Know your enemy. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Because setting our minds on good and beautiful and true thoughts on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that's why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. There's an old saying attributed to Pogo, which says, I have met the enemy, and he is me. While there is some truth to that, that we are quite often our own worst enemy, the truth is that we do, in fact, have an enemy, an adversary, someone who wants to harm our embodied souls. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 6, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkened world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's Ephesians 6.12. Somebody may be asking right now, so do we still believe in the devil, in Satan or Lucifer or whatever name you choose to give him? My answer is yes. And the reason I give is simple. Jesus did. Jesus went into the desert and was tempted by the devil. And he spoke about the enemy of our souls on several occasions, as did Paul and Peter. C.S. Lewis offers this good counsel in regards to the devil and his minions. He says, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. So what Lewis is saying is, the devils are happy to have us believe in one of two things. Either they don't exist, yeah, they don't exist, and then you don't even have a battle. And the other is to say, oh, wow, they exist, and I think they're hiding behind every corner to have an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. But yes, I believe in the devil, and I believe in spiritual warfare, and I believe we must know the enemy, not be too consumed because Jesus has defeated him, but we must, as Paul said in Ephesians, learn how to withstand the enemy. And he counsels us to put on the whole armor of God to withstand this enemy. When I think about how to prepare for an opponent, I think about a story, a football story, involving the great Peyton Manning. So on January 3rd, 2016, Peyton was playing for the Denver Broncos, and they were playing the San Diego Chargers in an important game. Peyton had been injured and had missed several games, and he didn't start that game on January 3rd, 
But at halftime, the Broncos were down 13-7. And the coach, Gary Kubiak, went to Peyton and said, if I need you, can you play? And Peyton said he could. And so in that second half, for the first time in his career, Peyton Manning came in in relief. What's interesting is that after the game, one of the Chargers defensive players said this, we didn't know how to defend him because we didn't know what he was capable of. We didn't know what he was capable of. Well, that begs a question. What did Peyton Manning do while he was recovering from his injury? Well, let me tell you what he did not do. He did not squander his time watching TV or playing video games. He spent time studying. He studied the defense. In fact, there's a famous picture of Peyton with his foot in the hot tub or cold tub, and he had plantar fasciitis is what he was suffering from. So he's trying to rehab his foot, but he's got a helmet on and he's looking at a tablet. And what he was doing was watching actual game film. He was watching the defense, listening to a game live, learning, what's the defense going to do here? What do they do when that happens? So he was constantly preparing so that when he went into the game, he was ready. Now, Peyton knew that he was limited. He knew that he was basically going to be playing on one foot. But he found a way to defeat his opponents, not so much with his brawn, but with his brain. So when he got into the game, he was one step ahead of the Chargers' defense, who, as they said, did not know what he was capable of. I love that story. But what does this mean? I mean, how do we apply this story in your life and and in mine? Well, I think it means this, that we are called to be prepared to know our enemy, to know our opponent, what they are intending to do. Now, I, I said this earlier, but let me say this again about Satan and his minions, and that is this. He has been declawed and detoothed, meaning the devil cannot actually harm us, certainly not in a physical way. His entire playbook involves deception. That's why Jesus said of the devil, he is a liar and the father of lies. John 8, he's the father of lies. From the very beginning, this enemy has been lying to us, and lying is what he does best. And what is his intent? What is the goal? What is the end game of the devil? Well, it's to destroy our faith, to weaken our hope, and to steal our joy. Because that is what pulls us away from God. The enemy does not want us to be in a deep communion with God, to live by faith and hope and to feel joy. And the devil works in the area of ideas, or as I often say, false narratives. And he's worked that way from the very beginning. So what we need then is protection from the lies. And again, that's why Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God. And what does that entail? Well, he says this, he describes the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6.13-17. He says, Fasten the belt of truth around your waist. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
Take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want to talk about each of the parts of the armor, this incredible panoply of protection. The first thing Paul mentions is the belt of truth. We need to arm ourselves with the truth of Scripture. One of the reasons I love memorizing the Bible, not just verses but passages, is that I then have the truth loaded up in my mind. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he didn't argue with the devil. What did he do? He quoted Scripture. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy to the devil, and that shut him up. The quickest way to vanish the lies of this liar is to present the truth. Next is the breastplate of righteousness. One of the devil's most common lies is, you're no good. Or some version of that, God is disappointed in you. Or, God doesn't like you. My good friend and person I pray with a lot and pray for a lot, he told me this recently, and I have his permission to tell you his story. He said that after years of praying for his wife's health over and over, and I've prayed alongside with him, and after years of her not being healed, he said that the enemy will whisper to him, God doesn't like you. My friend said, I know it's a lie, but it's so oppressive. And he said, pray for me, Jim. And I have been. You know, that is what the devil does. He finds a weakness. He finds some area in our lives that is a challenge and tries to exploit it. And one weakness that we all have is our unrighteousness, this reality that I am not a perfect person. But here's the deeper truth. Our righteousness is not our own. It's never been our righteousness. So when I'm hit by that lie, I just reply, my righteousness is not my own. My righteousness is in Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. Got to keep that on. Next is the shield of faith. The arrows of the enemy, the lies, are primarily about God because the devil wants us to believe that we can't trust God. Dallas Willard said this, Satan did not hit Eve with a stick. He hit her with an idea. That's where he primarily works, because our lives run on ideas. And the idea was, you cannot trust God. That's the big lie. That's the number one lie that he tries to pull over on us. This lie that we can't trust God. But the shield of faith, or shield of trust, as I like to say, deflects those lies with the truth that God is love, God is good, and God is out for our good. I love that old refrain, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. But it takes faith to say that. And faith, as I've defined it, is an extension of knowledge based on knowledge. So I know that the God who has been good to me in the past, that's the knowledge, allows me to trust that God is good and will be good to me in the present. That's faith. And I trust that God will be good to me in the future. And that's hope. But it's that shield of faith that I need right now in the present moment 
and says, no, 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 God has been good to me in the past, and I will trust he's good to me now. That's the shield of faith. And next is the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is the absolute certainty that our salvation is secure. The assurance, that blessed assurance that I am his and he is mine, is the great protector. Remember, the victory has been accomplished. Jesus already won that on the cross. It's not something that we have to do. It's been done. Got to keep that helmet on. Finally, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is the one offensive part of the armor of God. The rest are defensive. They're protecting you. I mentioned Jesus quoted Deuteronomy to the devil. Knowing the Bible is so crucial, but I've also found that staying in the Bible each day is an incredible weapon in this warfare. One of the very first things I wrote in my very first journal, I was a brand new Christian, and I got a journal because I'd heard from another Christian, hey, you should have a journal. I didn't really know what I was doing, but the first line I wrote in this journal was this reflection that I had. And keep in mind, this is from a brand new Christian, so it's not really deep, but it has some profundity to it. This is what I wrote in this journal. Sin will keep me from the Word, and the Word will keep me from sin. Not bad for a newbie. Sin will keep me from the Word. What does that mean? That, you know, when I turn away from God, it's like I don't want to be in the Bible. And the Word will keep me from sin, meaning that when I do stay connected to the Scriptures, when they're a regular part of my life, I find sin less interesting. I think the Holy Spirit gave me that word a long time ago. I've never forgotten it. I've said it throughout the years to myself. All that I'm saying is this. If the devil is the father of lies, then the response to it all has to be the truth. And what truth? The truth of God. St. Augustine, writing in the 4th century, I love Augustine, he said this, The truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Set it loose and it will defend itself. That's why... When I immerse my mind in the scriptures, I have so much truth at my disposal. And I don't have to defend it. That's why Jesus didn't even argue. He just quoted Deuteronomy to the devil. Know your enemy. He's a liar. Yep, he's going to look to find weaknesses, but we can respond with the truth. It's not our truth. It's the very truth of God and not the invention of any human. We put on the whole armor of God. We know the enemy. We know what's going to happen. And we are, in fact, prepared. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you'll join me next week for episode 118. It'll be a Things Above Conversation with Sarah Clarkson, who's written an incredible book called This Beautiful Truth. I love this book, so I'm excited for this conversation. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>